This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now... Enjoy the show. Hello, you numpties. This is the villain, Marty Skell, and you're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> you're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 237. I'm running out of gas. I'm so gas doing it. My name is Nick Howell. <laughs> and curious, given his love of turkey legs, what would happen if Ivar ever got his hands on the gobbledygooker I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show. <laughs> That's right. We got to talk about Raw this week. It's the fallout from Backlash, which we just had on Sunday. And this is the first Raw, supposedly, of the Bruce Pritchard era. Now that Paul Heyman is gone, we had to discuss what we thought about it and how it came off of Backlash and set us up for Extreme Rules and all that. And also, Nick, the return of New Japan. Night one of the New Japan Cup was last night. We have to talk about that. So we have much to discuss on the show today. But, of course, we have to do some housekeeping first. So let's knock that out. We can get into the meat of the show. We can only watch New Japan if we can review and recap it in Japanese. I think that until they get the English commentary track up there, I think we are only allowed to talk about it if we can do so in the native tongue. Before I get started with the housekeeping today, I do have to, I did get a special memo from Nick Guard One that while we were off stream, a special delivery was or order I should say was made. So he wanted to, me to uh, let everyone know by uh, p- displaying it here on the stream that someone anonymous did <laughs> buy a put it in my eye holes t-shirt featuring Sir Ian Dangerous. So thank you anonymous. Hey. Whoever you might be and enjoy that shirt. Uh, it's yes. anonymous raw GM. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Come over and join us on Facebook. Get into the discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Uh, Discord is the place to be, though. All of those places are great. Our Discord community is where all the magic happens. We have live chats all throughout the week for all different promotions. Uh, I need to put up a channel for the New Japan Cup 
Thank you for reminding me, mm-hmm. self, um, so that we can have some some dedicated chat to the spoilery uh, chat about that as it's going mm-hmm. on over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but make sure you're into the Discord. Uh, follow us all over the places. You can find links to all these at bwopodcast.com or down in the description below right here if you're watching on YouTube. Um, we, which you should subscribe because we live stream here every Tuesday evening and every Saturday afternoon. Plus, we're putting up BWO Daily now. Uh, we're into our third week of doing it already. Jesus, it's a that's, blast. that's blown by fast. And it's some of the best and easiest content we've ever made. We love putting those up for you guys. Thank you so much to Surrey and Dangerous for rounding up the news every day. And uh, to me, I guess, for doing uh, the crazy tech stuff that I do to knock all exactly. of that out really yes. quick. <laughs> Uh, but I hope you guys are enjoying that. Please let us know. Leave us comments on those. Make sure you're liking any ones that you watch and enjoy. Uh, it does help us with the algorithms here on the tubes of you. Last but certainly not least, uh, head over to patreon.com slash BWO if you want to get into some exclusives, and it is the best way to support the show. Uh, you can head over there and get access to show notes, bonus episodes, the ability to play in our patron pickups challenge, which we got SummerSlam coming up uh, next here in a couple of months. Uh, but yeah, patreon.com is the place to be if you want to get in on some of those goodies. But Ian, we have, um, there wasn't a lot of wrestling on last night. That is for sure. But there was definitely plenty to talk about over on Monday Night Raw. Oh, Randall, Kevin, Crystal, Kalisto, Kennedy, Orton, you scumbag, you... (laughs) Randy Orton, ladies and gentlemen, Randy Orton punted Edge's head off Sunday night in the greatest wrestling match ever. The greatest wrestling match, the greatest SEO match ever, the greatest SEO grab ever. Uh, Randall kicked Edge's head off and he came out this raw at the beginning to gloat about it, to say that, yes, I wrote the final chapter of Edge's career. Not only did I kick his head off and send him back home to his family where he belongs, but I also injured his arm, tore his tricep off the bone. By the way, here, everybody, check out this really graphic surgery picture of Edge's torn open surgery arm. Uh, uh. So he's out. He calls himself the greatest wrestler ever. He doesn't need to have a title to prove it. Uh, I would, you know, he would tell Edge in person, but of course he sent him home. Right. Uh, Someone took offense to this, Nick. Someone in the back took offense to Randy running his mouth. And that person, Christian, Christian, Captain Charisma himself. You're on your own. He's on his own because Edge is home, but he doesn't stop him from coming down to the ring and getting in Randy's face. And he says, eh, Randy, you're a cold, calculating guy, and you're a son of a bitch. And Randy goes, that's great, Christian. Shut your hole because I can tell you're out here because you want to fight me. Yep. And Christian goes, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I just want to you know, talk some smack. And Randy goes, no, 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 no. I can see in your eyes you want to fight. Christian goes, well, I'm not medically cleared to fight in the yeah, WWE. I've had 374 concussions. I'm not allowed to get I in a ring ever. I can't <laughs> do this anymore. And Randy goes, we'll tell you what, there is a way. It's called an unsanctioned match. So why don't you and me have a little unsanctioned match at the end of Raw, and you can go think about it because this you have until the end of Raw to give me your answer. And so Christian, oh, 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 disturbed deep inside, and he's thinking about Randy as he, Randy goes away. And the entire show, Christian was pondering. He got a talking to from 
Big Show, who was back on this episode for some reason, and all a face again. So Big Show turn number 4,292 happened on the show. He is now face again until, of course, he turns again. Right. Uh, Christian also got some words of advice from Ric Flair. Ric Flair was also on the show visiting Charlotte and asking her what her next plans were, which she didn't have an answer to. But he also told Christian, you shouldn't do this. Randy, has never he hasn't been this vicious in a while. He's kind of scary. Best that you don't get involved. And Christian said, Rick, I have to do this, man. It's for my brother, Edge. I have to do this. And even on... Even as he finally says, okay, yes, I'm going to do it. I accept, Randy. I accept. And he goes out and he comes to the ring and Randy is waiting for him at the end of the show. Ric Flair runs out again to go, Christian, dude, don't do this. Randy will kill you. He's literally called the legend killer. Backstage in an interview, he asked Charlie Caruso if she thought that Christian was a legend. And she said yes. And he kind of went, ah, yeah, he's a legend, isn't he? I kill legends. Funny thing about that. So here we have Christian getting ready to face Randy Orton in the ring, Nick. And right as they're about to throw down, the bell rings. And goddamn, Ric Flair drops to his knees and hits Christian in the ghoulies from behind. Christian drops to all fours, which is the worst place to be when Randy's feeling pesky and legend killery. Because sure enough, Randy punts Christian's head clean off. Clean off. I think Christian forgot about that whole evolution thing that happened in the 2000s. (laughs) He was there. He should know. I know. (laughs) He and Randy have had a long storied history and some great matches, but he apparently forgot the dirtiest player in the game plays for the Viper, and Randy kicked Christian's damn head off. And then we had a really, actually, Nick, I'm going to say this. It was actually a very chilling and gripping last couple of minutes of this show as Christian sold being knocked out and unable to move and the medical staff came down to put on the neck brace and get the stretcher and Randy had this weird went to like crazy Randy territory where he was apologizing to Christian and then yelling at him because it was his fault that he was in this position and he was Sorry that he did this to him, but it was Christian's fault, and it was just all kinds. It was just weird, crazy Randy telling the staff to help him and then yelling. It was, okay, so that was the story here. Yeah. It was awesome. It was. It was freaking awesome. Uh, A great next step in all of this. Uh, You and I actually said that we thought Christian was going to, this was going to happen to Christian before this match before the greatest wrestling match ever because we thought that would escalate the feud. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of glad they saved it for after, especially with edges injury. This gives us so much more to work with, especially with this really random involvement of Ric Flair. Do you think Nick, they're going to capitalize on this or can they capitalize on this given that edge is injured and Christian, who knows how they're going to have him sell this. Or if he can actually wrestle a match, because you know it was a pretty safe looking punt. Um, he didn't actually do any bumps or anything. So I don't know. Let's take a guy that's got a history of concussions that caused him to retire and kick him not in the knee, not in the belly, not in the chest, not in the arm, in the head. I mean, if you watch it back, it was a very safe punt. It was there was no contact. I'm in the, kayfabe the whole, here. So oh, okay. I, oh, oh, sorry. That, like how how unsmart was it? To, to bring out a guy and then kayfabe kick him 
in the head. <laughs> like yeah. of all things you could Listen, this was fantastic. I loved I loved the through line from beginning to end of the show uh, of this whole dynamic. Uh, how did my questions are how do they one up the greatest wrestling match ever? Now, I mean, isn't that not the blow off of all blow offs? Like, do you do greatest wrestling match ever too? It makes me cool. So it makes me wonder a couple of things because we've got, let's say, at the earliest six to eight months of Edge being out. How do you run a program that long like this? What you've got to have Randy doing something else. Randy's doing some of the best work he's done in years or here. He's 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 knocking it out of the goddamn park. He's killing it. You got to do something with Randy when yeah. he's hot like this. Um, and you know, Christian was great this week, but he's retired, man. He's not going to come back for a regular program, I don't think. And if he does, how long is that going to last before you have to move Randy on? At some point, if Randy's mentioning titles, I don't need a title to prove that. Uh, why bring up a title? Do you think Randy at some point might head for Drew McIntyre? I wouldn't rule it out. You think by the end of the year, Randy could be WWE champ and Edge could come back in a feud for that? I've said before here Am on the I, show, I think Randy Orton is the one person who could exceed both John Cena and Ric Flair in title title reigns. If he keeps if his career resuscitation or his energy or whatever it is, whatever's happening right now with the work he's putting in, if that keeps going, he keeps being hot like this, he could put another other couple titles on that. Yeah. On that, on that, that big ass number he already has. We we could have fifteen time champion Randy Orton by the end of this year. Could you very, very with the easily. with the work it's doing, you very easily could. Yeah. And I would not be mad at it. Uh, line drive in the chat nine ninety nine. Thank you very much, Thank Kyle. You. Thank you very Thank much, you. sir. He says, much like in two thousand eleven, Christian with Orton only ends with Christian getting a hit in the balls at some point. <laughs> right, right. Now the ladder match. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, still find the money in the bank ball punt funny. It is. Also, legend killer Randy Orton is back. Yes, I know. We're going as and there was it's funny. There's gonna be a little bit of this on the show. We talk about how much like ruthless aggression, the end of ruthless aggression era. I guess it was beginning uh, mid mid PG era too. Like ruthless aggression to PG era, there was on this show. You know, there was a lot of it on the show, and a lot of people from that era were in major positions on the show. It's actually kind of crazy when you really run it down, which we'll do at the end of the show. But I don't know, I don't yeah. know what, what hurt worse—seeing Christian get uh, dick punched by Ric Flair or seeing Edge's open surgery wound. Like both of those, I was like, oh. So yeah, wait, hold on a second. This is the company that called AEW Blood and Guts, and you're just without warning, not right. like, hey, everybody, cover your kids' eyes. We're about to show you graphic surgery footage. It was just it's like. Just like Bam, Here there you it go. Is. <laughs> and I used to, dude, I used to actually uh, have to run tape on. I used to work for Extreme Makeover and I had to watch surgery footage every day. And <laughs> I'll tell you right now, it's I, that, that the, the shot they put on Raw made me go, oh, damn. So I can't that imagine. That was tame it. compared to some of the stuff you've seen. Well, I've, I've seen some horrible shit, <sighs> but <laughs> it's neither here nor there. That was still a shocking image to put up out of nowhere. But. Uh, Nick, let's move on from this to the other major through line of the show and something that took up a ton of time, ton of backstage segments wove throughout the show, ton of ton of segments in general, but I would also argue was consistently entertaining the entire time, and that was the ongoing feud between Lashley and Drew McIntyre. 
which uh, it's going to take a second to get through this too because this had a lot of aspects to it. Yes. You had at the beginning uh, MVP and Lashley coming out to complain about how Drew McIntyre took advantage of Lana coming out to the ring last night to take a victory and that he essentially was hiding behind a woman to continue to be WWE champ. And he's an illegitimate champ because he took advantage of that situation. He should have offered uh, uh, Lashley a rematch on the spot, but he did not, et cetera, et cetera. This all continued until Lana came out to defend herself and got in their faces and things went south from there very quickly, Nick. It escalated somewhat quickly. To me, this was the main storyline throughout the show. There, we had some other smaller subplots, but sure, the the Orton thing bookended most of the show. Uh, but I I feel like this this whole storyline, including some of the side quests that we had involving MVP and others, we'll get to, uh, dominated the most of the show. Yeah, and as I said, it was entertaining, and this segment was actually entertaining. It's funny to compare this to the Lashley and Lana getting together wedding stuff because they got into an argument in the ring. MVP called her a thought. Uh, she actually a what? said a, a T-H-O-T, a thought. It's like... I have not no idea nice, what that is. It's not a very nice thing to say to a woman. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll just wave my fist and groan like an old right. man. Okay. Uh, continue. <laughs> and, and MVP said, you know, you only slept with Lashley because you wanted to be famous and you put all your life out on, on Instagram and social media. And she said, you know what, if I wanted to sleep with someone to get famous, I would have slept with someone more famous than Lashley, like maybe drew or something at this point, And, and the, and the, the paid for crowd with, they were even getting into this going, Oh, shit. uh, before Lashley just kind of looked at her cold and just went, I want a divorce. And they all walked away and left her just in the ring. It was interesting because, you know, we were saying before how Lana has been come has has been portrayed in this as kind of I don't want to say an idiot, but definitely not like she hasn't been given the best portrayal. No. And I felt here she actually she stood up for herself. She acted like more of an independent woman who had her own goals, but they also they they played it like she was you know, a, a social media monger and didn't have a whole lot of redeeming qualities. But it, to, it was a step in the right direction if they want to redeem her character at some point, which, I mean, unless they want to burn that bridge entirely on her and then keep her out for six months and repackage her, um, they're going to have a lot of work to do yeah. to bring her back around. But again, compared to the marriage stuff, this like this whole segment in the ring, the timing was good. Like everyone played their parts perfectly. Um, it was yeah, it was just it was well written. Like it had some energy and some pop to it. There was no there's no dead air. Like it was good. It was good. It was genuinely entertaining. And ooh, what's gonna happen next? Unsurprisingly, we have the divorce angle coming. It'll be very curious to see how that plays out if Lana ends up turning on him and. How where that goes from here? This Nick again, so much better than the marriage angle that got us here. Yeah, but I'm not holding out much hope that <laughs> it's not, the divorce angle isn't going to be a train wreck as much of a train wreck as the marriage was. They they certainly drug out the marriage thing and the cheating thing and the, all of that stuff probably ten weeks longer than it needed to be. But do they get past this quick? Um, 
you know, there we saw we saw Lana talking to Natalia at some point. We'll yeah. get cover that when we get there. But there's definitely some other things brewing for Lana. Could we see some of this well, they, play they, into things? Yeah, and they mentioned how she hasn't laced up her boots in a long time. Like, is that a hint at something? At some sort of like, is that foreshadowing? I. It's funny to use the word foreshadowing when it comes to WWE, who are notorious yeah. for hot shotting and not having a long-term plan. But I'm still going to throw it out there anyway, kind of like with with uh, Randy in the title. But, but that was not all because the rest of the show was consumed with the fact that our truth and Drew McIntyre had a match with MVP and Lashley, and what? shenaniganry occurred. What? Why were? Why did our truth and Drew McIntyre have a tag team match with Bobby Lashley and MVP? MVP and Lashley have a history with our truth. They called him a clown. Uh, they also have a history with Drew. Just shh, Nick. It's fine because uh, the way okay. that we actually got to like yes, why the match existed in the first place, we don't know. It's funny because they actually set up the match. Why the match would exist on this show. Our truth stopped by while MVP and Lashley were talking backstage. They were like, you're all alone. We're going to beat you up. So he ran and hid under a ring in the back where he got chased out by the ninjas. Oh, we'll get to the ninjas. Uh, and then he ends up, Drew McIntyre comes up to defend him from Lashley and MVP, at which point our truth says, well, we're going to put our titles on the line in this match. Now, they could have just had the match set up right there, but they've made it about the titles. Okay, fine. How we got to the match? We have the match. Our truth got the titles on the line. And Drew was like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I was saying the same thing. What are you doing? You're dumbing down the prestigious WWE Championship to the level of the 24-7 Championship. What are you doing? But I thought that, like, the way this was played, where Drew was like, dude, my title shouldn't be on the line. Like, he was like, my title should not be on the line in this kind of match. I just defended it. And he, R-Truth, like, he got in his face. Like, R-Truth, I need you to be serious for a second. Like, look at me. You've got our titles on the line in this. You know what you need to do. And Truth goes, yeah, man, you know, you're right. I do know what I need to do. Comes back later, he goes, hey, Drew, you know, I, I fixed it, man. I got it taken care of. I heard you. So now, don't worry. My 24-7, 7-11, I-95 South European Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship of the World title is not going to be defended. It's just going to be your WWE Championship, so we're all good. And Drew is like, truth, I'm going to kill you, dude. I'm going to. The fact that they played it the way, like the thing you're complaining about, Nick, where you're like, why is this title being defended in a tag team match? They set it up so that it was ridiculous and it shouldn't have happened. You're justifying this well. or explaining this as if you're okay with it. and that, I, think I was that's totally okay with me. it. Ah! I loved it. I loved the fact no! that they... Because they made stakes for the match. Now all of a sudden, Drew... how in, Because now he's genuinely in, in peril of losing his title in a way that he can't protect himself from. You've got our truth who loses his 24-7 championship on the regular. And he's got to, at some point, Archie's going to get in that ring and could be easily pinned, and Drew could lose his title that easily. It's the way David Arquette became champ. Like right. he, So, of course, he's terrified of this. And, of course, that creates stakes for that match because now he could lose that championship in the most ridiculous way. I like. I thought that was a great way to put in stakes, to create some interest in the match that otherwise would have just been a throwaway tag match that we had no reason to have. And we got a bunch of entertaining segments backstage where R-Truth was freaking hilarious, as he always is. Drew McIntyre reacted to all of his insanity 
perfectly play, like playing his frustration, but yet like that big brother kind of feeling. MVP was the MVP of this show. He killed every segment he was in. And damn it, even Lashley's playing his part right. What was what did you not what was there not to like about this, Nick? It takes the shine off the WWE championship. It feels like it dilutes it a little bit. To what? come down to the level of the 24-7 championship. You're you're being goofy with the WWE championship. And and, and that's the I loved everything else about it except that. That's the one thing I have I've got stuff got stuck in my craw is that is that is a big time that's a big that's the title. That was all the, the titles. That's that the was title. The point. That was the point was that it was the it was the title being taken down a level mm. because of R Truth shenanigans. No, my wrestling. I've got to have my title only be defended in prestigious matches. Yes, forgive me. Uh, Esme with 20 bucks in the super chat. Esme. She says, let's get raw. Oh, baby, I like it Are raw. Are you ready for a raw time? Thank you, Esme. Oh, baby, I like it raw. <laughs> Nick, stop kicking his box, she says. Okay, fine. I, yeah. I didn't not enjoy this. I didn't not enjoy it. It was a okay. good time. It was a solid yes. through line. It was very entertaining all throughout the show. When can you not laugh at our truth? My only concern is that they're being a little bit wishy-washy with the title. How is that wishy-washy? You have your was, title defended on the main event, or not the main event, the semi-main event of Raw. And the unsanctioned match goes last, as it should, because it's unsanctioned. I, I, I under, what you're saying makes sense. Okay. You just didn't like it. You just, you just, it just gave you a funny feeling in your tummy. Morestlin. Yes. More, okay. Hashtag Morestlin. Totally. All right. Okay. All right. Fine. I, I need more like this where you have an interesting match set up by fun segments backstage on the show. I loved all of this. Well, this, I mean, this show was no, it wasn't, it was short, had plenty of segments. It wasn't, it short had of tons of segments. I was, it was consistently interesting. You've got three hours. Keep me entertained. Don't like keep things popping. Keep fun, entertaining segments happening. Ninjas, ninjas. <laughs> oh God! Uh, can we, gotta, can we yeah, talk so about I, the ninjas? Um, we'll get to the ninjas in a second. Let's okay. let's just really quickly also say when we finally had that tag match, which and there was two aspects I want to call out even in this tag match, dude. Lashley and Drew are freaking awesome together. They get so physical. And they get so like just into each other's faces, their 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 chemistry, and just the way that Lashley goes at Drew, the way that Drew goes back at Lashley. I'm loving this feud between them. Okay, just physically, oh, I love how totally. they, when they get in the ring. I, um, I almost I, feel like there's too much going on around the two of them to where I'm I'm constantly squirrel, just distracted. There's there's all these little things going around, but I understand that that's a necessary evil for the soap opera of... Sure. And then strip it away by the time we actually get a one-on-one -on -one match, and then they go to town like they did Sunday. Yep. You know what I mean? And at some point, we're going to have a match where there's a definitive finish. Yep. So, great. And and also, you've got your top babyface acting like a top babyface at the end of this match, showing that he forgave our truth like for screwing up and, and messing up his life. Because he gives MVP the claymore at the end. Of this. They, take, they take out Lashley on the outside, so Lashley not involved in the finish. MVP eats a claymore inside. And Drew goes to pin him, but that stops at one, gets up, 
tags in Truth and throws him off the top turnbuckle onto MVP and allows him to pick up the pin before doing the old like, yeah, all right, buddy, you deserve that. That's right. good. That's a good top baby face right there, right? And it's it, it's the kind of top baby face thing that could be pandering, but they played it so well here, and McIntyre is so genuinely likable that it works. Yeah. It all, to me, this all works. Brad Shepard with $5 in Super Chat says, Our truth is a national treasure and global icon who is also a... Uh, was it YT rapper or some? He got on the cover of some rapper magazine, Ron Killings, as uh, yeah. holding the 24. I think he had the 24 7 championship, but he was holding his jacket or something. I don't remember. Can we talk but, about yeah. the fact that dude is, what, 52? How old is he? Yeah, he's oh, in his 50s. It's, Charlotte, it's insane. Charlotte, represent, man. It's he's insane. Another, another Charlotte boy. Uh, he is, hold on. That, that special those, they did, while he's looking that up, that special he did, they did on our 48. Street. He's 48, but still. They that's, went to, uh, they went to Freedom Park in Charlotte and walked around the, the pond, the lake that's there in the middle of Freedom Park. I used to go there every weekend as a kid. So yeah. that kind of stuff is, is really cool. It hits home for me. So yeah, much love to Ron, to our truth. Amen. Uh, just, he is, I've never seen somebody sort of embrace comedy this well. And just absolutely knock it out of the park for this long consistently. And it's it's funny because a lot of times on WWE, the comedy doesn't hit. I can't, I mean, he doesn't not hit. He hits every time. He has this great, like, you know, he's playing a total goofball, fine. But it's so dry, the way that he does it. So deadpan. It, it reminds me a lot of, like, a, a young Dan Aykroyd or, like, um, like, Gregory Hines or something. Like, it's just, it's so deadpan. I love it. It's fantastic. So, yeah. mad props. I agreed, Brad. Mad props to our truth for continuing to kill it, even over all this time. And all of these segments, I thought, killed it um, almost as badly as Apollo Crews killed Sh Shelton Benjamin. Because, of course, we Who? did have, well, you know, Nick, Shelton ben Benjamin. That's right. He had a match with Shelton Benjamin. Uh, he had a talking to, Apollo had a talking to with MVP, where MVP said, you know, yeah, you're a champ now, but you defend it every week, you're going to get burned out at some point, you need a guy like me on your side to help you figure out how to hold on to that title, and Apollo said, nah, man, I don't need your help, and MVP said, okay, you don't accept my help, I need you to know, you're not going to be long for that title. I would love to see Shelton Benjamin with MVP and Bobby Lashley, can I just say that? Interesting, interesting, yeah, and that's, that's a, one of the many things that went through my head, is okay, MVP is doing so much other stuff on the show, but he still has time to get himself involved in the U.S. title picture. Interesting. Is that where Lashley's going to head after he's done with the Drew program? Is Shelton going to go to MVP's side? Because that's a hell of a stable. Shelton, Lashley, and MVP, that's a hell of a stable. Hey, and don't forget, we've got Andrade and Garza still sort of externally circling around the, the that U.S. title in recent times. So and Kevin I, Owens, that's where I'm Kevin and Kevin Owens. So I mean, you know, that U.S. title picture could be real interesting, real quick. Heat that up real quick. And this was a fun match. It was a very quick match. Um, you know, back and forth, lots of athletic spots. And then uh, Shelton tried to pin Apollo with his feet on the ropes. Apollo, uh, the ref saw it, and then Apollo, in the confusion, gets a roll up and grabs onto the ropes to get the pin, which sends the commentary team into conniptions, and was very interesting. So Apollo, not afraid to bend and or break the rules to win, even though he's nominally a babyface. Does this show that they're 
giving him some depth or some edge. Like that, that's a, I thought that was a really interesting choice to, to put on Apollo where, okay, we're not turning him face. He's still the smiling, happy baby face champion, but he, if you're going to mess with him, he'll mess with you back. I like that about that. And that's how I took it was, uh, oh, you're going to do that? All right, well, I'll do it to you then and stick it right in your face. Uh, like I, I, just, I like that. Yeah, and, and I think that's a that's a really strong babyface move to make. Is just oh, you can't get away with it, but I can. Uh, just you know, I'll 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 just shove it. Oh, you're gonna try and get one over on me? Well, too bad. I can though. Yeah, I, I, like I mean, uh, line drive in the chat. Thank you again, Kyle. Four ninety nine. Thank you very mm, much. He says you. Shelton and Cruz would have gotten me to watch Raw if it were advertised. That mm. match should have gotten HBK versus Shelton time and tear it. Up, uh, you ain't lying. I don't think it's done yet, though. No. I, they may this may come around, and we may get more Shelton and Apollo. I completely agree, especially because as they noted in this match, Apollo is kind of like the new Shelton in a lot of ways. A little more, a little more aerial. I've never seen Shelton do a standing flip and a, st- a back flip, back flip and standing shooting star plus 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 Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks standing back flip and a shooting star press. God damn it. Um. I haven't seen him do that, but this was awesome uh, to watch these two guys go at it. Definitely. I'd love to see them get more time. Agreed. Totally, Kyle. Yes. Hopefully we get more. Hopefully, I, I would love to see Shelton with MVP as well. Le- definitely made me very curious and interested in the U.S. title scene with what they're doing with Apollo and everything around him. Wow. One more thing this Raw was very good about, I thought, as well. They also had a very... Mm, surprising segment with Seth Rollins, uh, who ended up coming to the ring and having a little chat with Rey Mysterio, who was live via satellite with his with his lucha eye patch over was over his healing eye, uh, because Seth, of course, tried to take his eye out on the ring steps a few weeks ago. But apparently, Seth talking smack to Rey did not sit well with Dominic, Rey's son, who publicly said he was going to come to Raw to beat up Seth. Because Seth had invited his dad to Raw to officially retire him. Ray didn't want to come. So Dominic was in the house somewhere. Murphy and and Theory were off looking for him. So Seth and Ray got a little alone time. And Seth basically said, you know what, Ray? If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. If you're part of the problem, I'm going to make you into a sacrifice. And if your son's here being a problem, I'm going to sacrifice him and you can watch. And of course, that didn't sit well with Ray. He said, if you touch my son, I will end you. And uh, so Seth gets down on his knees and is like, hey, Ray, bring it on, son. At which point, freaking Dominic climbs in the back of the ring, blindsides Seth, kicks the crap out of him and runs out of there before Theory and Murphy, who showed up late, could get their hands on him. Um, and he is, yeah, he escapes out the back. Everyone else is pissed. Interesting. Dominic. I need a minute. Showing he's if got you, some uh, stone. If, if you wouldn't mind, Sir Ian Dangerous. Yes. And um and I I, I want to be as objective about this as possible. We we oh, talked no. about this offline a little bit. Oh no. Finn Balor returned to his Prince character and went down to NXT. Oh Jesus. AJ Styles joined up with Gallus and Anderson to form OC. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are currently embroiled in a blood feud. Uh, and Dominic has appeared on WWE television. If Big E splits up from New Day and ends up in a feud with Aleister Black, I'm calling shenanigans, and we definitely have a mole from WWE. 
Uh, that's just that's too much. That's regular listeners. To the shit if you're that I wondering, wrote last year, if you're wondering what the hell Nick is rambling about, uh, uh, if you are if you're a patron of our of our lovely podcast and you listen to our bonus episodes, we have some Nick booking episodes where Nick smokes a whole lot of weed, takes some acid, and then tries to book WWE for a year. And uh, these are some of the wild conspiracy theories that he put together. That yes, Nick, some of them have come true. Um, that being said, when Tony Storm runs off with you and Jackson Riker main events WrestleMania, then we can talk about having a mole. But I don't see either of those things happening anytime soon. Don't don't be bent out of shape that I just did that just to mess with you. I'm just saying that Dominic did not come out dressed like Sin Cara. He just came out in street clothes Details. to and to 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 knock out Seth Rollins. And honestly, like as someone who's been down on Dominic's presentation, obviously the kid's still young. He's still learning. Dude is. He, he's hot fire when he moves. Yeah. Guy's got some speed, some closing speed, some, some, he's got some pep. So he's consider got some me size to him also. He, <laughs> that's the, if that's my the conspiracy isn't, is <laughs> right. That's the Eddie Guerrero genes right there. It's, no, it's, wait, no, raise his dad. Is it? Uh, no, no. Depending Ray, on where you stand in that theory. <laughs> right. So he didn't get that from Ray. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so consider me back in on this. Like I was kind of like, oh God, Dominic's gonna get a match in WWE. Nah, man, if he, he comes in on fire like that. All right. This was, a, this was a quick segment. Seth's doing more great, just spooky, creepy cult leader heel work. Ray seemed like he was genuinely scared for his son and Dominic seemed like he had some hot fire. All right. All right. Kyle again with five bucks in the super chat says off topic. Yes. Should we start a DiJack watch for the other Dominic? <laughs> I wonder. You know, it's funny because DiJack's been messing with everybody. He's been he's been posting stuff uh, on his feed. You know, he posted the U.S. title. He posted a picture of Seth Rollins, trying to get people to believe that he was going to come in and do something. We heard that he was getting called up to Raw. Um, to be honest, we don't know if that was a Paul Heyman decision and that got scrapped. Uh, we don't know where Dijak is landing on Raw. If he's coming in by himself, if he's going to come in as a challenger for Apollo. If he's going to come in as like a new big goon for Seth, which would be, I think, a great way to debut the guy yes. as like the final apostle. You know, can you imagine? Murphy Theory and Dijak all as, yes. as disciples of the Monday Night. Mo yes, please put That's a Put it in my put eye it, holes. Put that in my eye holes. It'd be great placement for him, but we'll see. We'll Thank see you, Kyle, if for the that's five bucks. where he goes. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, I, I I liked this a lot more than I thought it would, but than I thought I would on paper. Um, consider me okay. Back interested again. That being said, then we got to talk about the Oscar and Nia Jax rematch. <sighs> Kind Something of? that we haven't we haven't seen this in a while, where they have a pay per view and we have a rematch of the damn match, the next night. But it was a schmoz, and they both got double counted out, and then this time it was, I, I don't know. You're so at, at least I'll yeah, let you, you know, break you're, it down. You're right, Nick. At least we can say because there was a double count out on Sunday, there was a logical, a somewhat logical reason to have a rematch. We did have a real finish on Sunday. There must be a winner. Okay, we're going to have another match. All right, that logic I can follow why you'd have a rematch, not just not just because. All right, fine. So another match, it's a Nia Jax versus Asuka match. It's Asuka working her ass off to try and make Nia look good. Fine. We knew that was what it was going to be. 
uh, Nia powerbombed Oscar outside the ring, and I swear to God, Nick, I screamed like a little girl. Mm-hmm. No, don't God, no. Don't kill her. Don't kill her. I, I was on pins and needles this whole time. <laughs> Oscar's Not tough. Just for was... Oscar either. I'm, I'm going to let you finish, and then I'll weigh in on. All right. But there was somebody else that got hucked <laughs> out of the way in this match in a very precarious yes. way. So at a certain point, Nia got frustrated with John Cone, your ref of the match, and she hucked him out of the way. He goes flying, comes back like he's about to DQ Nia, but before he can do that, Oscar does a surprise roll-up. John Cone jumps over, quick counts Nia because he's pissed at her. Boom, boom, boom. Oscar wins. She is still your champion, and Nia is not happy. So I got to say, Nick, I'm... I'm I'm ready for Oscar to move on from Nia, but if we're going to keep this going to extreme rules, if we have to have a rematch because we had a crap finish on Sunday, and technically this, this was one the was right. Too. Technically it was, but this was a better finish because it was interesting because it was unusual. There is still what well, is Nia going to have heat with John Cone now and insist that a special ref gets brought in and it's somebody that's on her side and that's how she beats Nia or beats Oscar. Maybe. Maybe Come and then there's on, more. Man. There's more of a threat for Oscar now because she, there's a there's a biased judge or something. I don't know. That's more interesting than just Nia is big. Oscar is a submission wrestler. That's it's something. It's something else to keep me interested in this feud. Oh, Give well, me you something. Should, you should just read what Kyle put in the chat because that's probably what's actually going to happen. Uh, as far as he's concerned, uh, do not do a triple threat with Charlotte at Extreme Rules. Oh God, no. Kyle, that, Kyle, you, you get you, that you, evil you put out that here. out in the universe, and it's going to happen now, Kyle. It's all your fault. Oh, oh no, oh no, oh just uh, hex, hex, hex. The power hex. of no. Christ compels you. <laughs> the power oh, of Christ I compels you. <laughs> Be gone, demon. <laughs> oh Jesus! Your mother's in here too with us, Karis. <laughs> um. <laughs> Hey, baby, what are you doing? Don't hurt your mother. Uh, don't get me on The Exorcist right now. I'd, I'd way rather talk about The Exorcist than Oscar versus Nia Jax. But again, at least the ending to this match was a better ending than Sunday. There was, you know, we still have some controversy, so Nia's got something to complain about. Asuka had, she, she had a win. All right, cool, fine. We're going to have this program for a while, and hopefully it doesn't end up like what Kyle said. Can I ask you a question about uh, oh. about the Japanese wrestling kind of aspect here? Like, we had Asuka as a heel in the tag team, the Kabuki Warriors, and sure. she broke out the misting, the, the yes. poison mist, the old Muta yes. poison mist, right? So we um, – is she not allowed to do that as a face? I, I'm, I genuinely no, don't know. I'm genuinely asking. You can do as a face. Okay. You can do as a, it's so typically it, are we heels, just saving that? Universe. Was it getting overused there? Is this a weapon they that used she could every, use? Use it every time Asuka came out for like a month. Right. But I'm saying, it's, is this, could be this be the game. thing that she uses to eventually get, a, get past Naya? I would love that. I think people would mark out for the mist in the proper application. I would. That, I'm, I'm just asking. I, I, I used I, to I mark out for Tajiri back in the day. Whether he was a face or a heel, he'd throw the mist out there. I was automatically marking out. Yeah. So. Just a thought. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so let's move on and talk about something else that's going to be. I have a. <laughs> I have a feeling very divisive amongst the viewers of wrestling programming. The further adventures of the Viking Prophets, the super team comprised of the super team, I say in quotations, comprised of the Street Prophets 
and the Viking Raiders. They had street raiders right there, street raiders right there, and they went for the Viking prophets. Okay, whatever. Fine. They're backstage celebrating their bizarre match on Sunday. Match, he says. <laughs> when up comes Akira Tozawa and the motorcycle ninjas and his, his motorcycle ninjas. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't watch the show, if you have been watching Raw in a while, there are ninjas on Raw. Now, and not just any ninjas, there's also a super ninja. <laughs> there's a seven foot four ninja that Tozawa can summon. And, uh, I, and he showed up as well. And once again, Eric wanted to take him on. And everyone was like, no, Eric, no, God, look at him. Uh, and this ended up becoming a four on four match because why not? We actually had a wrestling match. We actually had, well, a, I say a wrestling match. It was a squash. The Viking Prophets destroyed Akira Tozawa's ninjas. And as a final, uh, I guess, uh, his final measure was to bring in the big ninja who was standing ringside of the entire match. Big ninja gets into the ring with Tozawa, who's standing in front of him all smug. Like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I finally got you, Viking Prophets. <laughs> when the big show comes out, the Big Show comes out, knocks out all of the ninjas who attack Big Show. Tozawa and Big Ninja scuttle up the ramp, saving it for later. And Big Show and the Viking Prophets all celebrate because apparently Big Show's now friendly with the Viking Prophets. I, what? Nick, help me. What makes some sense out of what is happening with the tag team division on Raw? Couple of super chats I got to get to before I uh, weigh in here. Uh, Austin Tauber, good to see you, Austin. Uh, he's, he's two bucks in the super chat. Says, "Have Oscar have a reign like in NXT, please." WWE, I agree. We've I think we've been saying that for a couple of years now, well, but that's never going to happen. That'll nope. never happen on the main not, roster. Not with Charlotte bouncing around the place. No, no. Thank you very much, Austin. Also, uh, Kyle Line Drive again with the two bucks super chat. Yeah, says, Street you, Vikings get that TMT Saturday morning money. TMNT. TMNT. It, I'm not going to lie. Okay, so Nick. Animated series? Yes, please. Contra, they even said, like, you know, we're going to have all, we're going to have, a, uh, what is it, the, like a Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're going to have the Cinematic Universe for our team, and there's going to be sequels. And there's, like, Tozawa came in, he said he wanted a sequel to their match on Sunday. They're talking about having a cartoon series and everything. Um, <sighs> Nick, I, I have a confession. I would watch the shit out of that. I would. I was. I was wildly entertained by all of this. Yeah, same. I. I why I'm do so we feel ashamed. guilty admitting that though? That's I'm so kind of ashamed the point myself. Here. I know. <laughs> it's we're go, but here's the thing, Nick. weren't earlier on the show you were talking about how the WWE title was being diminished by being defended in a tag match. Uh, Here we have the tag no, champ. No, I was talking about how the WWE title was being sort of diminished or relegated down to the level of R-Truth in the 24-7 championship. The juxtaposition was an intentional buddy comedy kind of trick to right. say, like, obviously one thing is much less than the other. Why is it? Never mind, Nick. The it's, point it's is... Lethal Weapon 2 meets Rush Hour. Or, you know, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I'm having a blast. My point is they're doing the same thing with the tag titles here. These are, these are your tag champions... And they're fighting freaking ninjas. They're squashing ninjas. There's a big ninja. Big show his face again and punching people for some reason. 
We don't even have, we haven't had a wrestling match for the tag team titles in months. I mean, now granted, Big Show did convince him that to settle the rivalry once and for all, hey, maybe, I don't know, have a wrestling match. So maybe we're finally going to get one at some point. But it's the crazy thing is, is if I put that aside, if I let that like wrestling nerd mark, whatever you want to call it, that like that, that purity of wrestling kind of thing, if I let that go, the way that we. We finally like put the whole war machine thing to bed where you and I, Nick, have finally said, you know what? Okay, fine. They're the goddamn Viking Raiders. Yeah. They are a WWE cartoon. They're not the team that we loved on the indies and in New Japan. Fine. We've accepted that. Yes. They're having a blast. They're obviously having a blast doing this stuff. These two guys are having the time of their freaking lives with the Street Profits. The Profits are having a blast. You know what? I can't be mad at them for having a blast like this. And damn it, this was, I had a smile on my face during this. And I was sitting there going, why am I smiling so big at this? Why am I grinning ear to ear? Like, I should be mad that Tazawa is doing, like, the next best thing to choppy choppy pee pee. Kind of like (laughs) Japanese caricature stuff. (laughs) You know, like, I should be mad at all of this. Yeah. No, my tag team titles. No, my Kira Tozawa. What are you doing? But God damn it, this was so fun and funny. Ninjas. <sighs> I'm disappointed in myself. We've got ninjas in our wrestling. Yeah. That's, I, that's where we are right now, guys. Is it 1994? Chat, chat, weigh in. Are are we are we crazy for, for loving this? Butters hates it, <laughs> but that's not surprising. Butters hates WWE. Uh, Austin says, let Jackie Chan come in and be the leader of the Ninja Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, we've got, I've got awesome. We've got, I want more. I've got no, hate it. Now y'all crazy. Nope. Loved it. Love it. So yeah, I mean, divided. And again, I'm not surprised. This is, this is, if people hate this, I get it. I get it. Y'all, if you're watching this and you're going like, I, freaking hate you wwe how dare you do this to me how dare you do this to your tag team titles to your to these legit teams that should be out there if you feel that way i'm not mad at you i get it i get it it's like the people that liked the lana lashley marriage stuff like you know what if that's your thing fair enough i hated it but i get it here's the one thing i'll say this is probably the closest thing we've had to a caliber of fashion police in a few years now this is kind of along the same things the difference to me is that that was done without the tag team championships in mind right and i think you could have a program that involved the tag team championships and still do this i think i still i still say fashion police was great because it was so smart and there were so many little references and like it felt like it was a lot of thought was put into it yeah this doesn't feel like a lot of thoughts being put into it this just feels like people are just spitballing coming up with freaking hilarious ideas and is like screw it screw it let's just let's just and and yeah and letting akira tozawa be as goofy as he wants which is by the way by all means let that dude mug all day yeah, it's yeah. he's he's obviously having a great time too and the more akira tozawa on my tv the happier i am anyway so <sighs> i, I want to hate it I, have I we figured it. out who the Large giant ninja is yet. Yes, we have, and I can't pronounce his damn last name. Okay. 
Um, hold on. I, I actually meant to put it in the notes, and I didn't at the last minute because I did too many other things. His <laughs> name, um, uh, Jordan Omogbehin. Okay. Okay. He is legit seven foot three. Uh, that's two. That's two inches taller than Great Kali, by the way. In case you're wondering how big this dude is. Um, so yeah, he's he, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's um. Where did he get them? Where did they get him from? I don't know. Kevin Nash found him. But anyway, well, we'll find out more as we get that. I, we got to get back to the show here. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, th- th- there's this comedy. Comedy. Just Tozawa standing next to him. Just, I was giggling. I'm so mad. Um, wh- one last thing, though, Nick, and we gotta, I just gotta, I've got to point this out, especially given our, our daily news show today where we talked about how WWE had its second confirmed uh, COVID case. This week, this was taped last week. Um, we're not sure if the person who tested positive was part of this audience, but they did. Ha- Excuse me. This was taped June 9th. yesterday. This was taped yesterday. Uh, that went live. We're always live this week. Excuse me. So we don't we don't know if everyone there was tested before this, um, but we do know we had people in the audience who were not from the PC or NXT. They were actually like friends, friends and family. Friends of and family. Yeah. Right. Supposedly. And the street prophets on their entrance went out through the crowd. We're high fiving. Dominic went we're, out through the crowd. We're like, he, yeah, but but you'll notice there was a lot of space. The people weren't nearby. The prophets were up in people's faces. There was no masks. They were bumping people's hands and high fiving. And then right afterwards, you know, Montez goes and adjusts his glasses, touches his face. I, as a germaphobe, was freaking out. So, yeah, that that's if anything illustrates how little they actually are are paying it. Like that, how much. It's, what kind of security theater it is to have everyone six feet apart behind these plexiglass barriers. That to me just was like, see, we don't really care. Yeah. That's just going to show that off to me. I don't know. I was just going to get out my, okay, soapbox, put it aside and move on to Kevin Owens versus Angel Garza. Once again, we saw some more tension between Andrade and Angel Garza. It wasn't there Sunday, but apparently it's back. Andrade came out and cost Garza the match. They ended up getting into it again. Zelina stormed out and came back. There is trouble in paradise with them. Kevin Owens is just here. The real issue is between Andrade and Andrade and Garza. How does this end up, Nick? We had reports that Vince is high on Garza, but again, you know, take that with a grain of salt. He was high on Ricochet too, and he was high on Cedric Alexander, and look where they are. And he was high so on Andrade. It, you know, he put the title on him, and you know, all where that. where is this going? Are we going to see an Andrade and Garza feud? Is one of them turning face? Uh, uh, what's happening here? I'm wondering if this was a if this was a tear apart in order to come back together stronger Mm -hmm. and Zelina needed to come out like the angry mom, you know, finger, finger wagging at him going, you two need to knock this off. If that's the, if that's the thing. And they both kind of looked at each other and went, okay. And they figure out how to work together. What are they really after at each other about at the end of the day? We don't really know. They're just kind of are, it's like brothers. Just, they just fight for no reason. So get them back together. They need something to unify them. And I think if my gut tells me there's something that's going to happen in the coming weeks that's going to unify them and it's going to be the thing that brings them together and locks them in as a, as a unit. So I, don't think, I just don't think we've gotten there yet. And this is all part yeah. of the story. And one wonders because, again, uh, Heyman's gone. And we're looking at all of his projects and going, uh, uh-oh, where, 
where are they going to end up? You know, are they going to get back in the U.S. title picture? Is one of them, are they going to turn one of them face? What's next? This was not, this didn't give us, give us any indication other than the breakup angle seems to be continuing. Andrade's um, going to cheat on Charlotte with Charlie Caruso, and that's going to embroil Garza, and then that's that's how Petulant and Childish Nick, are probably going to get now. Nick, Nick, no. No no Nick booking on this show. Not, oh, I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. No. No more of that. Line drive in the chat. Thank you. $2. He says, this felt like a much-needed reset for the Vega Familia. Mm, yeah. Ah, it's I, not a reset until they're fully back together. You know what I mean? Like, they need I'm that not unifying convinced. moment. There's got to be that one yeah. thing. Yeah. And then become a tag team, you know, you know, once the tag team stops being goofy, they could be a much needed, uh, like they, they could be used in the tag division, much needed injection in, of talent and excitement, new team. Don't say that with Garza Dong in the same sentence. Hey, I'm just saying. Is it hot in here? Is it just me? I think of Angel Garza, and I have to think of injections, you know. <laughs> Inject some love into the tag team division, yes. you know. That's right. Be careful. Hide all your wives in the tag team division because Angel Garza is coming all over your division. Uh, so next, oh. let's talk about, uh, oh, God, Austin in Super Chat. Austin says 199. He says, thank you very much, by the way. Thank you. He says, Ian, let Nick Booking in. It's glorious. Bask in its glory. I would rather let the fiend in than Nick booking. Hello. You can keep <laughs> that shit out of here. <laughs> keep that out of here. Absolutely not. I refuse to let it in. I've got like a chastity belt on for that kind of crap. It's good um, shit, pal. It is not. I'd sooner drop soap in the shower. Iconics versus Liv Morgan and Natalia. Uh, ended with the Iconics picking up the win, pinning Liv Morgan. What happened to Liv Morgan? Yeah, what What happened to Liv Morgan what? here? Can you what explain she, to me? What is she doing? Natal- Natalia, she won back-to-back matches. She was on one of the hottest streaks on Raw. What is Liv Morgan doing teaming with, being fed to the Iconics with Natalia? Are they still training her? Is she, are they trying to like what? Where? What is the stop? They, like, what's her character? I don't know. We keep saying this, man. What's going on? I Liv, understand. What's happening, Liv Morgan? This was all a setup to get the Iconics in the ring to be able to call out Bailey and Sasha and all of that. Yes. But I, what are you doing with Liv Morgan? You need more single females, singles females, uh, in the division. So why are you? I, just, I don't know. They're, the the top of that division is just too high, though, man. I don't see Liv. I don't. I don't know yeah. what they're going to do with her. I don't know, but the as you said, the iconics are now. They called out Bailey and Sasha, whooped them up, and it looks like we're going to get a tag match: iconics versus Bailey and Sasha next week. So, it seems like things are back on track. Iconics were going to face Bliss Cross for the tag titles until they decided to put them on Bailey and Sasha, which to me felt like a hot shot. Yep. But but now we're back on track. Iconics back in the picture. They're a good. I mean, they are, in my opinion, the most legitimate women's tag team you have. Whether you like them or not, uh, they've been a tag team since NXT. Okay, fine. Name, name another one that's more legitimate, Nick. In your, in your, you are the dude that is always proselytizing about legitimate tag teams. You can't put single wrestlers together. Bliss Cross, singles wrestlers. Bailey Sasha, singles wrestlers. Natalia and Liv, singles wrestlers. Shotzi and, and Tegan Knox, who they're facing on Wednesday, it's singles wrestlers. Who else is a freaking women's tag team? I, I, I guess you could even say the Iconics are singles wrestlers. They, 
So then they haven't been singles wrestlers since way the heck back in NXT. Anyway, well, yeah. Well, back during Oscar's reign and Peyton was challenged for it with Nikki Cross. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Then they made him a package and they were tag team. Anyway, I'm glad they're going to be facing Bailey and Sasha. That's a good call. It's something for Bailey and Sasha to do while they're continuing on their breakup angle, which is taking for freaking ever. So that was raw, Nick. W- did we notice the lack of Heyman? Was like, was this no. a good first week for Pritchard? Do you I, think? I'd like, like to see more wrestling on my wrestling show, uh, especially when there's three hours of it and I get about like what thirty to forty minutes of actual <laughs> in-ring performance. It it felt like a bit of a uh, okay. I felt like there was I felt more like I was binge watching a sitcom this week. That's the one thing that stood out to me. And, and it, listen, there was some really really good stuff overall. I really liked this Raw. Overall, but I, I, I did too. Yeah, I'd like to see really more good. wrestling. I'd I'd like to see more grabs. Fair, uh, although, and I would like longer matches for sure. There's a lot of very short matches. Kevin Owens, Angel Garza was super short. Shelton Benjamin Apollo could have gone longer and been really good. But the segments that they had were also all really good and very entertaining. So I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck on that. Um, I was really entertained by a lot of this show. Like I, this was a very watchable Raw. As two guys who watch a hell of a lot of wrestling and a hell of a lot of Raw, if I have to watch Raw, this is one I would like to watch. Yes. I was very entertained. Um, one interesting point, though. In the Pritchard era, this is now the Pritchard era, it was fascinating how many stars from the PG era and the Ruthless Aggression era were featured on the show. You had Randy Orton, you had Christian, you had Big Show, Ric Flair, Bobby Lashley, MVP, uh, Drew McIntyre, R-Truth, uh, Shelton Benjamin. So it's, it was actually what, Rey Mysterio. Like It was very heavy on people who were still... like If you're a lapsed fan from 10 years ago and you came back and watched this, you probably would have picked up on stuff pretty quick. Oh, look, Drew's the champ. All right, MVP's still around. Interesting. So I thought that was telling. I, I, you know, The fact that Big Show came back randomly, Ric Flair came back randomly, like that made me wonder how much of that was Pritchard going like, well, I remember last time I was in WWE, these guys were popular. So... Just it feels thought. like crutches. It feels like safety nets, and I, that's what I'm not a fan of. There's no risks being taken. It's safety fallback nets on people that are on people of a bygone era. You know, I, I'm I I don't like that. I at the at the at the expense of new and up and coming talent because that has an extreme amount of diminishing returns. And this is the like, thing: the idea with with Heyman was to have him build new talent. Yes. And this was very reliant on old talent. Old, and that's, as you talent. said, diminishing returns. So it, that is the one thing, like, in the, in the coming weeks, Nick, let's keep an eye out and see how much they rely on talent from 10 years ago and how much they really do push the new guys because yeah. they have a lot of new guys who are insanely talented. And a lot, some of them were nowhere to be found this week. Yep. Murphy, in theory, had 30 seconds of TV time. Alistair Black wasn't even there. Apollo Crews was there, but he had a very short match. So, just worth looking at, Nick. That was Raw. Uh, solid show, but uh, obviously some things to keep an eye out on. And as you said, Nick, not a lot of wrestling, but a lot of ninjas. But speaking of ninjas, we have to head over to the land of the rising sun because you know what? One of our favorite wrestling promotions is back. Nick, it's time to talk about New Japan. <laughs> 
something we have not gotten to do on this show in months is prompt the the, the discussion of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh my uh, God, the uh, cup begins. New Japan uh, Cup is underway. For those of you waiting for the English commentary, uh, I'm with you, and uh, it might be a minute. Yeah, Kevin Kelly says separated. he's working on it. Working on it. He's going to hopefully going to have the the English commentary out like a week after every episode. So you might have to be a little bit behind on it. Uh, it's worth waiting for. Kevin Kelly is great. I don't know who he's going to have as his partners with it, but um, I, I actually I watched it with Japanese commentary last night. I didn't mind it that much at all, but I definitely understand if if you want to have the English commentary just to catch up on character points and everything else. And Kevin Kelly does do a, a fantastic. Job. Um, uh, hang on, I got to cut in on you here, Austin. With twenty bucks in the super chat, thank you dude, so thank much, dude. You. He Man, says, for all the times you. I miss out watching live, I listen to you guys at work while I mow. Awesome community and great knowledgeable hosts. Love you guys, Matt. Respect BWO forever. Thank you very dude, much, Austin. Austin. Mad love back, brother. Thank that you so much, fan dude. Freaking fantastic. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Much mm-hmm. love. All right. Oh, okay, recovering. Yes, that was beautiful. Thank you, sir. Um. New Japan Cup. So last night we had Togi Makabe versus Yoritsuji, the young lion, the big beast young lion. I should Yano also Toru. disclose I have not watched yet. Oh, I, I feel well, I feel I should say that intentionally. I'm gonna spoil, spoil it. Don't worry. It's we're the first round still. So, oh, there's uh, some matches in that first. But round, if you though. really don't want to be spoiled, don't listen to the segment because Hello. I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna spoil the first the first <laughs> round here, um, or the first half of bracket A is gonna get spoiled. Uh, Yanatoru versus Jado, Hiromu Takahashi versus Tomoaki Honma, and Tomohiro Ishii versus El Desperado. Mm. So a couple of very strange matchups here. Um, obviously, their their roster has been kind of gutted by the fa- by the travel restrictions, uh, by the availability of certain talent. I, I compared this their overall um, the the lineup for this New Japan Cup this year to last year's, and it's insane how much they've had to rely on their internal talent and talent that normally isn't in this. They've got a lot more uh, junior heavyweight division or cruiserweight division in it this year, which leads to lineups to, to matchups like Hiromu versus uh, Hanma and Ishii versus Desperado. So, intra- and Jado, Jado, Jado was in a match. Dude can barely move when he had a match. <laughs> so... Very strange. Uh, Esmerellis, in the super chat, Esme, $2. Thank you, darling. Thank you thank very you. much. She said, New Japan is back to save 2020. That's right. We're back on the right track. Oh. Back on the right track. Uh, so let's break this down real quick. Togi versus Yoda Tsuji. I've got to say, man, I, I think Tsuji has a huge future. And I thought it was very telling that they put these two together. And, Nick, I've got a conspiracy theory about the other young lion in bracket A. That they're going to try to put with someone they're going to try to to place as his replacement. I think that you know because Togi is a is a big gorilla dude. That's how he portrays himself. He always comes up with the chains, right? Um, he has the the lower bite guard, so he's got the kind of like it always looks like a gorilla, right? Well, Yodotsuji is a big, just long armed, massive guy as well. And these two guys beat the crap out of each other. This was a big boy match, and even though Togi won this one. It definitely felt like Suji took it to the former champ. So I was actually very excited about how they positioned Suji here. Because I've, I've, he's got to go away on excursion and come back with his gimmick. But they're definitely saying, yeah, there's a future for this guy. And nice. 
putting him next to Togi makes you think they're going to position him as a big beast guy like a Togi. So I definitely dug it. But Togi pick up, picked up that win. And over with Yano Toru versus Jado. Of course, Jado spent the, most of the match trying to get his kendo stick involved. And you had Gato ringside and you had uh, Kanemaru ringside as well. Um, I, I, actually, was it Kanemaru? I got to think back. I, I don't have my note right in front of me. But anyway, there was other guys ringside with Jado. I got to give him a shout out to my boy Jado in here, Nick. Okay. Because only Jado could eat a turnbuckle pad to the head and then sell staggering all the way around the ring until finally flare flopping after doing 360 degrees around the ring slowly. Nice. Like you talk about a goof. That was awesome. In a match I with Toriano. Well, in a match with Tori, I popped so hard for that. It was, of course, a comedy match. Brilliant. Um, it was Toru. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun for what it was. You know, Jado, Jado shouldn't be in a wrestling ring. So they made the best of it. It was still entertaining. It was fine. Um, they had to get something. You know, they're, they're short on talent. So they had to get something together. It worked. Yanotoru goes on to the next round. Fine. He's going to, um, his next round, he's facing Hiromu Takahashi because Takahashi beat. Tomoaki Hanma in a very, like, Hanma can barely move, too. And Takahashi got a good match out of him, which is proof that Hiroma is one of the best. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Here we go. I can't talk about Hiroma without having this guy down here. Come here. Hey, Gerald. It's good to hey, see you, Gerald. man. There you go, Gerald. Uh, Hiromu is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Fight me. He got a good match out of Hanma. Yeah. Okay. Um, you called Hiroma to take it all, Nick. I did. It, it, it's a flyer, but I, I'm basing that on uh, previous happenings from Wrestle Kingdom with Naito Two Belts and Hiromu coming back, winning that championship, and coming out to confront, or, or Naito actually calling him out, I believe is what happened, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and we had that moment yeah. where you had all three belts laid out, and I kind of went, hmm. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of belts in Los Ingobernables right now. <laughs> there's so many belts. Every time the LIJ guys came out, there's just belts everywhere. <laughs> Esme with another two dollars in the super gold. chat says Destino. <laughs> I'm just so happy. Oh, me too. Me so too. I'm four for four based on what you're telling me here so far. I, I got all. You're four killing of those it, right? Yep. You're killing it so far. Um, Tomohiro Ishii beat Desperado. That really wasn't a surprise. Uh, even though Despi was calling him out for how short he was, Tomohiro ended up beating the crap out of Desperado. <laughs> um, I, I, I always love seeing Despi actually get a match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that was it. Was fun. It was it was the best match of the night too. But that's not surprising. The two just fantastic workers. Right. Um, so here we go. You got uh, Togi Makabe, Yanatoru. Hiromu Takahashi and Tomohiro Ishii moving on to the next round. Uh, the next round will be Makabe versus Ishii. They're going to beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, Toriyano versus Hiromu. That match is going to be fun as hell. But uh, I think that's more of a toss-up, personally. Tonight, round two of the first bracket begins. You've got uh, Okada versus the great betrayer, Gato. He's finally getting his hands on his old mentor in the opening round here. Minoru Suzuki, my dude, the murder grandpa, Kaze Ninare, is facing off with Yuji Nagata. They have been beating the absolute crap out of each other, Nick, for the last two nights. They had a tag, it was a tag, big tag match 
mm-hmm. um, Suzuki Gun versus like a bunch of the good guys, Nagata and Tanahashi and, and Ibushi. Um, and there was a stand-up elbow trade-off between Suzuki and and um, uh, Nagata, where Nick they were they were red from under their ear all the way down to their shoulder. They were they were hitting so hard. I could watch those two guys trade in the middle of the ring for an hour straight, and that would it, be probably one of the best wrestling matches in New Japan history. You're gonna get about 20 minutes of it tonight. <laughs> okay. Those two, and that's a, that's a long storied rivalry. So we're I getting another another chapter match. there. It's fantastic. Uh, Yuya Uemura, the guy I feel will be the next ace of New Japan, or if not, then very close. He is the future. Yuya Uemura versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And Gabriel Kidd versus Taiji Ishimori. Mm. Um, the interesting thing here, Nick, is the winner of Okada Gato th- meets the winner of Nagata Suzuki. I've got to hope Suzuki wins so that we can get an Okada Suzuki rematch. And then I feel like I've got to hope that Okada wins that because I feel like Yuya Uramura is taking out Kanemaru, is going to take out the winner of, of Kidd and Ishimori and face Okada. And we're going to get the first look, kind of like with Makabe and uh, Yoritsuji. We're going to see Okada and Uemura line up for the first time. Because I think that's one thing they're positioning him as. Is there any chance Jay White comes out to assist Gato and they somehow get one over on Okada and Okada gets knocked out in the first round, throwing everybody's brackets and getting busted? Actually, there's a chance that other members of Bullet Club could interfere. Um but the fact that the Gorillas of Destiny and Jay White are not on the card makes me think that they're stuck in either New Zealand. I, I, Jay could be stuck in New Zealand. Um, and the Gorillas, I'm not sure if they're currently in Japan right now either. Yeah. So uh, I have not heard an update on where those guys are. But that certainly would be the ultimate bracket buster if Gato went on to face the winner of Nagata Suzuki. So, I mean, that that basically paves the way for, I mean, who are we looking at there? Probably Ishimori or Suzuki to go all the way to the um, to the semis? I say Okada ends up facing Hiromu. That's what I've Ishii, got as well. Or Ishii. I mean, I can see Ishii going through as well. Ishii or, or Hiromu facing Okada is the, that's the Ishii, logical one, but. Ishii is Hiromu's only real competition here, honestly. Agreed. And, you know, Okada could get taken out by Suzuki. He could get taken out by Gato. And again, we've talked about it before. That whole bracket is wide the hell open. If, if Okada goes down in the first round, it's anybody's freaking game. I would double down on my Hiromu pick if Okada was out of the picture. I, and you know what? I wouldn't be mad at you. Uh, the Cup's going to run all the way till the 3rd of uh, July. And then the final will be on the 11th in Osaka Joe Hall. Uh, and the day after that is Dominion. Mm. Dominion, Sunday, July 12th in Osaka, Joe, with, uh, with partial crowd. We'll be back for that. Uh, there's, it's no crowd last night, no crowd until then. But then they've also got four more events st- uh, scheduled for the summer. They just released that they're going to be having a New Japan Road July 20th at Karakuen Hall. Uh, Sengoku Lord in Nagoya will be July 25th at Aichi Pref- uh, Prefectural Gymnasium. Say that five times fast. And Summer Struggle is going to be a two-day event. July 27th at Karakuen and the 31st also at Karakuen Hall. So lots more New Japan to come. It is back. We're going to get some more New Japan. Very happy about that. So far, off to a great start. Yes. And I got to say, I didn't, I didn't miss the crowd that much because they, they tend to be quieter in Japan. Yeah. So 
and it's, the, it's almost rude to times. make noise unless you're doing the chants for a specific wrestler, right? Or a, you know, or, do, yeah, I don't know. you want to say someone's name very loudly. Yeah, Naito. Hi, hashtag Naito girl. They also had a really interesting way of doing the um, social distancing for the commentary as opposed to WWE where they're right next to each other. They actually had the commentary sitting six feet apart behind plastic barriers. Um, and they like a actually hockey put, penalty box kind of thing? Well, it was funny. So you had one, two, three lined up. And the third one actually had a camera on her. And they had the tel- a television between in the six-foot space between the first two commentaries of her face. So they had them all next to each other, but the middle one was a television screen of the third one that was just down at the end of the table. So you could get in one shot them all sitting together. It, yeah, it was odd, but I was like, well, that A little works. bit of Max Headroom going on there. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> For those old enough so, to get that reference. One way of getting all the announcers kind of sitting close to each other, I guess. But anyway, yeah. So that's your report. On New Japan. I am very excited that New Japan is back. I can't wait. I, I hope, Kevin, take your time, man. Nail it like you always do. But I'm I'm literally shaking to watch the, those first-round matches. I actually think it would be better to maybe binge through all of them. That's why I'm not too terribly bent out of shape on waiting for the English commentary to show up and then just do one crazy binge night sort of watch party of the whole first round. Because they're going to have it all out there by the 23rd, so a week from today. By, mm-hmm. So by next Saturday will be the final of the first, the last bracket of the first round. So a week from now, we'll be able to watch the entire first round all at once if we want to. Tentatively, hopefully. But, yeah. Anyway, hang, hang tight for that English commentary. We know Kevin's working on it. Take your time, Kevin. Do the right thing. But uh, that's New Japan, guys, and that's the end of the show for us. But we're not done just oh! yet. Wait. We, we are headed over to do what we like to call and what was dubbed by Mr. Sean Clark as the moment of positivity. That's right, the moment of positivity, the mop, brought to you by Sean Clark, as you said, Nick. That's right, it's the part of the show where we reflect on the last few days of professional wrestling and try to think of something that was positive, uplifting, a way to end the show on a nice, happy note to send you all back out in the world thinking about happy, fun things. So even if we bitched a lot in the show about things, at least you know we're not bitching about it all the time. We actually have some positive thoughts in our heads. So, Nick, what was your moment of positivity from, I guess it would be New Japan Raw and Backlash. I mean, it'd be an easy out to say we New Japan is wrestling again. <laughs> um, I, that is that's too easy of an out. Like, I haven't even watched, had a chance to watch it yet. It was just like I think that might have even been your pick last show, so I think that might be... Yeah, that's unfair. Um, if, if I'm being honest, I, I get these feelings, the tingly feelings every now and then when something happens, right? And I mm-hmm. get excited about the potential of something happening. And this week it was MVP talking to Shelton Benjamin about joining... Lashley and him in their own state. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, oh, that could be good because I've I've traditionally been down on Lashley ever since he's returned. It's been kind of a eh, kind of. We thing. have been we have been down, but hopeful. We've been yes. skeptically optimistic. Hashtag skeptically optimistic. And, since and he came back, optimism like, coming out. Okay. Yes. So finally. yeah, he's finally in contention as MVP after 13 years. He's he's finally getting his chance. Um, the idea of having a stable with a, MVP is killing the game right now on the mic and as being a manager and an advocate. And he's getting in the ring and wrestling. 
So, yeah, to, to build that stable around MVP, this could – hell, get Shelton Benjamin, Apollo Cruz, just get all of them, right? Tasty. Oh, Tasty. Yeah. Not mad that at was, it. That put was it, definitely mine. Put it in my eye holes. Yes, agreed. Uh, Nick, mine is – it's funny. It's a little hard because I don't want to fall back on the New Japan is back either. You know, I want to look at Backlash and Raw – and it's it really is a coin flip for me between two performances. Okay. Um, and those performances are Randy Orton and R Truth, mm. both of whom absolutely took the ball over the damn fence on this show in terms of just character presentation, doing exactly what they need to do to be as entertaining as possible. In their character, Randy going the extra mile on his creepy character stuff at the end of the show, talking to Christian and having all these conflicts and, and you know being crazy Randy again, and also just feeling vicious and and scary for the first half as well. Every time he has a, a promo, he feels like he's genuinely threatening and terrifying. It's and that then, teethy oh, smile that he has, where it's just like creepy. It's- it's the stillness. There's a lot of things about his presentation that just he's nailing right now. And then conversing on the other side of things, our truth. I, I, and I'm so sorry. I forget who 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 said in the chat in the super chat that he was a treasure. Uh, I'm going to go back and find real quick so I can I can give oh, you. Oh, is that uh, Mr. Brad Shepard? Was it Brad Shepard? Brad, the good yeah, not, Brad. Not Shepherd. ringside news, Brad Shepard. No, our good Brad, Brad Shepard yeah. said our truth is a damn treasure. He is a damn treasure. I agree. He was. He's my moment of positivity on Raw. Yeah, I was wow. smiling every time he had a segment. Every damn time. Under the ring, and he comes out, he's like, we got ninja problems. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to be quoting that. I'm just going to be randomly, like, and something's going to go wrong. That might, be, that might be my new bio uh, line on, uh, on Twitter or something. Yeah. We, got, we got ninja problems. My dog's going to accidentally poop inside and be like, oh, man, dog Ziggler, we got ninja problems. Ninjas. Ninjas. <laughs> well, thank so, yeah, you very much. That was like, it. Thank you very much, Serene and Dangerous, and thank you guys for joining us right here. Special shout-out to everybody in the live chat. Saw some new faces today. It was good to see everybody. New Japan's back over. Oh, <laughs> uh, but make sure you're subscribed here to the channel at youtube.com slash open and make sure you got your notifications turned on because we're putting up BWO Daily every single day. I tried a new thing today uh, called the Premieres, and what that does is you'll get a notification and if you join right away, you can live chat while you're watching it with us. So we may try that. We may It may not work. Who knows? I'm going to try it for the rest of this week, and we'll see. So when you get that notification, jump over and join us for BWO Daily, and we'll live chat while we're watching the episode uh, right there on YouTube. Right here on YouTube? Right there. Yep. Here? Here. YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open is Here, where there, and everywhere. Be. Yes. Yes. Uh, also, follow us over on uh, Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Get into the Facebook discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. But the place mm. to be is our Discord community where we do live chats all throughout the week. We have for all of the shows uh, special dedicated chat channels for the pay per views, which is absolute blast talking to you guys Sunday night during Backlash. That was, that was fantastic. A, that was a, very fun. Uh, but we do that same thing for all of the shows throughout the week, too. So if you missed out on that, make sure you get into the Discord over there. Uh, what's left? Patreon. Thank you to all of our patrons for all of your <laughs> thank support you, thank every you, single thank month. You. Uh, and special shout-out to everybody that gave into the Super Chats today as well. But if you'd like to get into some of the exclusive offers we have available, you can get copies of the show notes, additional bonus episodes every single month. we got to figure out what we're going to do for June. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think we've done that one yet. Uh, oh. But all kinds of good stuff. An entire back catalog for more than a year of bonus episodes at this point. Almost two years, actually, if I'm counting. August will be our two-year mark of mm. bonus ep- 24 bonus episodes. And available counting. to you uh, and counting and they're going to keep going skype calls with myself and surrey and dangerous all kinds oh, of yeah. good stuff over at patreon.com slash bwo but my and, name is and nick. also 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 nick really quick, every I time say, you get me i know i know but i gotta say thank you to everyone in our chat right now and all of our super chats and everyone you've been awesome thank you so much i have to say it again because <laughs> you've really been great i'm sorry but my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Will somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.